Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, your... heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Well, everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with Connection. Ryan Ray and Ben Samuels present Bring in the Closers, a podcast on making deals and doing business. Welcome to the episode that people didn't think would happen, episode 11 of Bring in the Closers. Ryan Ray alongside Ben Samuels. Ben, normally it's testy between me and you on this program, and even offline it's even probably... we. You know, some people say they, that, that people play stuff up for a show, we actually downplay the disdain and the the back and forth that we have on this show to for the for the listeners. It's really we really suffer through. Um, but today we have an equal enemy, an enemy that I have called out multiple times on multiple shows, and I usually get the oh poor fella, oh he's so great, oh how could you do this? I'm talking about producer Nate. We had allegedly scheduled back-to-back interviews, which would work nice because you were going out of town in a few weeks. You're going to miss one, maybe two episodes, so we could use one of those as filler. And we didn't prep for the show because we had two interviews. I've already recorded, let's see, three podcasts today. This would have been four and five. So, you know, I didn't prep anything because I had back-to-back guests. And, you know, we only have an hour. So, um, but guess what happened? We don't have any guests today. Not, so how not did that one. happen? Well, I think, if I understand how it works, he sent them the wrong date, essentially. I, I'm not sure what to say. I, I have no comment. Nate, I just, uh, I've been, just like Ryan said, I've been defending you for, what, 10 episodes now? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not working out well. We're taking, we're taking a bad path here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why he gets all the love. And respect of the millions around the world, but he does. But if you only knew. So today, if today's episode is not good, if it's your first time joining us, this is not the level that Ben and I bring to this show every week. It's it's normally three to four hours of prep work, mountains of research and statistics. Um, Usually I start prepping for this show when the show ends. So usually have like a week's worth of prep, but not today because we had two guests. And so, what is there to prep for? And so, um, is, this, show. is this episode is this episode airing on April first, twenty twenty? Yes, are exactly. we recording this early? <laughs> yeah, something like that, something like that. And so, anyways, so we're just gonna hopefully entertain you with our quips and, and fun stuff because we we really have nowhere to go, do we? I mean, chances are this is going to be our best episode yet. I, I, you know, that's just probably how it's going to go. We'll see. That will be in two weeks when you're gone. But, I mean, I guess up until. <laughs> 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 
I'm just gonna walk off set. Just, <laughs> just, uh, you know, gonna be a long day. Oh man, this is Nate. Nate brings it out in us. What, what, what? I mean, how can I be held responsible when he has done this to us? So I got in the car last night at about 11 p.m., about 700 miles, 650 miles away from Midland. Drove straight through the night to Midland because I had a commitment today at 2:30 to. Uh, do a podcast with a couple of guests and i wanted to make sure that i was here and, and ready to go and ever present and uh well i showed up to play but uh we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to see where it goes yeah i do have a couple things that have, that have happened since the 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 show has started in its um episode one which has been almost three months ago now it's kind of crazy if we're on episode 11 then that's almost three months um crazy how fast time flies you know one thing that happened the other day was I took a pitch from a guy who I didn't really want to hear the pitch, but I kind of felt bad. He had been working me pretty hard and I've been kind of blowing him off. And he asked me the question that we talked about. He said, do you have five or 10 minutes, whatever it was? And I literally had whatever the time was plus like a minute or two. And guess what happened? I'm sure he went over. He went over. He went over on his pitch by about two minutes, which ate up all the extra time I had. And then at the end of his pitch, he then asked me some question that he wanted me to answer, which was not like a yes or no. It was like a long-winded, hey, um, you know, how do we go about, uh, you know, something like tell about yourself or something like that. And I, and I thought, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, no, I'm not saying I want to buy the product for that guy, but, but it's one of the things that, and, and I hate to almost talk like this because you kind of sound like a, it's almost kind of an elitist attitude but it's one of the things that does turn off the deal process is when you're trying to do something and your 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 person doesn't how would you describe this is it, is it, is it not aware of time is it they're too excited how would you how would you kind of put that Ben yeah I think it's one of those things that and you can think about it a different kind of different ways but and it's and it may sound aggressive and it may not be completely across the board accurate but i mean that tells me that it's either lack of experience and just he's way too green or you know unfortunately i think it's a lack of respect of time you know i don't really know if you can get anything else out of that i mean you know if you're if you're talking to people in a sales role in a sales capacity if you're trying to get in front of people i would argue that the most important thing is to be respectful of the other person's time because the the, the problem that I have, or, or let me say it a different way, the result of what just happened with, with whoever this was is, okay, so he was, he, you know, he got in front of you a number of times, wasn't able to get your attention. He got your attention once. You said, I've got five minutes. He took seven. That very well may end up in you not giving him the time again at, at all, period, because if you give him 15 minutes the next time, he may take 22. Whereas if someone... You know, if you give them five and they take three, you may be more willing to talk to that person again. And it's just, it's the little things, right? And, and I think on, on the podcast to, to a degree, you and I have been kind of, not making exclusive, but kind of like explaining away behavior of like, you know, oh, it's okay to do this and that. Like, that's one of those things. I mean, respect for another person's time is, that's one of those things that can make you stand out right away, either good or bad. And I think it's really important to, uh, to keep that in mind. Yeah, and, and just kind of from some perspective, he does have something that interests me. Um, I'm not sure if I would buy it or not, but it is, it's, it's of interest. Um, but it, it is kind of like now it's like, yeah, okay. It, and that at the five minute mark, 
if he'd have said, hey, listen, I know I'm against the clock here. Do you have a few more minutes or I need to go? I can respect that because maybe I just told him I had five and I was lying to him or, or maybe I, maybe something canceled. So I can respect the, the hey, but I, and I would have actually respected, hey, look, it's five minutes. I, I, I'm a, you know, even if he's not through his spiel, the fact that he acknowledged the time thing and that's one thing that you know early on in my career I was not good at I was not good at saying hey give me 15 minutes of your time and then watching the clock to make sure that 15 minutes was where we were at Um, I really try to work on that now because I understand back then you know I was younger a little bit more excited um, not really thinking about time management from this you know um, I wasn't my own boss, but you know I had a lot more freedom than most people had. So I don't think about the constraints of other people and and what's going on. And so um, and, and the guy was you know very good on his pitch and you know very knowledgeable and all those things. But it was a deal. It's like oh man, I want to I want to set up a call again. I want to talk to him, but it, will it be 15 minutes turn into to, to 30 and me not get to ask the things that I want to ask either? Yeah, and, and to zoom it out to take it off of that specific example. I mean I don't know how often it happens to you, but it's way too common in my day-to-day life where I'll, you know, I'll set up an appointment with someone and, you know, the day before or the morning of, they'll say, Hey, something came up. Sorry. I'm not going to make it, not going to make it happen. And if, you know, yeah. one time totally understand that, you know, things come up, you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, I've had, unfortunately I've uh, you know had the experience with some people that, you know, one person will do that four or five, six times in a row. And, and at some point it's just like, okay, so, you know, one of us is giving a lot more than the other one. And, you know, it, for better or worse, for me, at least, it kind of sours the relationship. I mean, if before we even get a chance to interface, you know, you're, you're pushing me off and, and kind of making it obvious that I'm, you know, a secondary concern or, or, or not, not important enough really to, you know, that, you know, your calendar is more important than mine in your eyes, that, you know, that's probably going to rub me the wrong way and, and make it more difficult for us to have kind of a open communication line on the front end. Do, do you find yourself kind of falling into those traps? Yeah, I think one of the things that maybe we should frame this conversation around is, is because it, as, as I hear us talk, I think we, we, we have a we have a fear of maybe coming off in a way that we don't want to come off is, which is uh, almost this elitist look at us. I think the thing that we're trying to impart is when you're, and I know, I know that's not what you're saying. I'm saying or me either, but go go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say no. It, it's a back and forth thing, it's, right? It's, I mean, you know, I make I make sure that you know that if I put myself on someone else's calendar, unless something like right. aggressive has happened, I'm not going to cancel. And so it works both ways. I'm not, I'm not yeah, I'm certainly no, not no, saying, no, like, no. hey, in order to get in front of me, you need to be doing no, this no, thing, no. right? I know, and that's what I'm saying. One thing I think we, maybe we should reset this, this kind of reset from the first part to the second part is is when you're new to something, you're super excited, or if you love your product or service, you're super excited, and you should be. You should want to tell the world about it. Um, and I think the hard part that I have, Ryan has, is when I want to tell someone about something, I want to I want to just consume their time because I want them to believe in it like I do. Um, and so I think, what we're, what, you know, um, but then, so the, those type of people, or if you're in that part of a phase, like if me and you have a new mineral deal and we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a home run, we want to get people on the phone and we want to talk more than five minutes because we really want to pitch to them. Um, so that's one phase, right? This phase is when you're maybe a little bit further on down the road, you're a little bit more successful, you have a sense of status, and then all of a sudden, well, it's like, well, if Ben can meet with me, that's great, but I have other things that's important to do. And so it's kind of almost two different career spots in your career where it's early on or if you're very excited something new you're more likely to consume a lot of time whereas what you're describing now is as someone who's a little bit more established they may have a higher value of their time um, or self-perceived or not um, and so they're not valuing your time and that's that's almost 
it's 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 equally as bad, but it's almost like it's um to kind of set the, the the table here. It's almost like two different spots you could find yourself in. Early on, you could be <laughs> not consuming people's time because you're so zealous that you overdo it. Whereas later on, you're too lax with time and you're not concerned about people's time as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, it's, it's, there's no, I don't think there's any right answer. Right. I mean, th- th- this isn't like a, you know, a, this is the right way to do this. Um, and so I think it's just kind of, you, you got to feel it out, but I mean, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I think it's about just respecting, you know, having a respectful uh, communication both ways, which, you know, which allows you to, to the thing that I always think about is you know, if I'm already kind of thinking about, you know, this person doesn't value my time or, or kind of, you know, what, what am I doing doing here? That that may you know, affect my willingness to do a lot more work on the back end on whatever deal they're talking about, or or may cause me to be a little bit more hesitant or a little bit more skeptical. I mean, and that's I think that's kind of human nature that that unless like all the boxes are checked, there, there may be some just kind of and like you said, I mean, I, I may have other things that could be high graded, and if I feel like I'm getting pushed off by somebody, I may you know, subsequently push that deal off to the, to the side. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't I, necessarily I, that's a that's an experience versus novice thing. I think that's just kind of like a comfort, like a person to person thing. I don't know. Yeah, may, maybe. I, I guess I know if um, I know for me personally, if there's if it's a new project, a new mineral deal, a new business that we're trying to shop around, whatever it is, at that point, I'm very excited about it. Um, and because of that, I'm more Ryan has to I hate to go in third person, but I, I don't speak for you. I have to watch over talking or, or consuming too much time. And you see that a lot, with a lot, a lot of young salespeople as well, just in general, because they are so excited, they're trying to make their way. What I usually see when I'm not concerned people's time and other people aren't concerned my time is they're more established, and so they have they have a little bit better network, they have a little bit more money in their pocket. Um, usually, you don't see the young salesperson who's hungry blowing you off because that person is trying to close every person he can. It's usually a little bit more older and established. So depending on where you're at when you're hearing this, if you're kind of a young buck out there, your tendency, in my opinion, would be to go too long. Whereas if you're a little bit more established, you might kind of not value. So it's all about time value, right? Um, you're valuing someone else's time early on. You're 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 not valuing it, valuing it because you're not you're not aware of that you're actually intruding on them. Later on, you're not valuing it because you're actually kind of have a false sense of worth almost. It's like ah, I can cancel on them. They'll meet. So that's that's kind of the, the 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 contrast I'm trying to draw there. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, and I think even one layer above that, uh, you know, if you're, I know I'm not going to comment. Um, Nate is walking around the background. We're we're not going to. Um, is he working? Is it? no. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, when you were talking, what I was thinking about is if you take that even farther into another layer, I think that someone that's new, sometimes I might even make the argument for someone that's new should be listening a lot more than they're talking, even on sales calls. And to me, what, what I mean by that is maybe they don't, don't know all the questions to be asking, don't know all the things to be saying. And so I could argue that someone that's new, even though they're super gung-ho and wanting to talk to everybody and wanting to sell, 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 they might, they should probably be talking even less. Whereas if, you know, if somebody that's a lot more experienced gets on the phone, they might have a lot more context to provide and a lot more details and a lot more just, you know, kind of through the flow of talking, have a lot more experience and a lot more things to say and be a lot more long-winded because of that. And so I think to a degree for the experienced people, it may be even more difficult to be short, you know, short-winded and, and get within those three minutes because you feel like, like you said, you feel like you have so much more to say because you feel like you have so much more value to bring that at the end of the day, you, you might be, you know, you might be hurting yourself by just over talking. 
Yeah, and if you just kind of think about it from, again, let's just kind of maybe think about this from valuing time. If you are the young buck and you are trying to sell something um, and you are talking to someone who's been in the industry 10, 15 years, they are probably going to be more in attuned with the objections, um, the problems, why this will why this will work, why this won't work. Um, so, would you rather, as a you know a young 22, 23, 24, 25 person, be speaking, or would you rather be hearing the 55, 56, 57 year old speak and hear what their issues are? Because once you understand those, then the next time you go to the 55, 56, 40, you know whatever, you can then capitalize on that because we can, even, no matter good how, no matter great your product, your service, your deal package is, until you understand. Why why they don't want to buy it or why they don't want to work with you, you really can't frame, unless you're just super skilled, you're probably not going to frame the pitch the right way. And a lot of times when you're pitching these things, it's not like um, we had something the other day we were working on, I can't remember what it was now, and they were asking for a price in a certain, well, under a certain category. And, and, we gave it to them, I think, but we gave it to the wrong category. And like, oh my gosh, that's the you know, whoa. We came back. Oh no, hold on, sorry. And it was just like one, you know, it was. I can't remember what it was, but something pretty insignificant as far as the grand scheme of things. Um, but we weren't, we weren't actually, you know, we kind of slight miscommunication there. So when you think about valuing people's time and you value your time, um, there is also something said: the less that you know, the more that you can listen. Um, you're actually getting the most value on your time as well because you're hearing someone who's fundamentally smarter than you or more knowledgeable than you or wiser than you talk. And so that's a better ROI on your time too. So, so as an example, uh, this past week on, what was it, Wednesday of last week, I went into, into a pitch meeting on a deal that I'm working on right now. Um, I, the my part in this deal is that I have brought the the financing to the table. I brought the money to the table, and we're going to be uh, purchasing asset. And there's some other plans subsequent to that. I uh, went into the meeting with there was five of us, and I, and I was walking in with uh, with someone else that I'm working on the deal with on on my side. And I said to her as we were walking in, I said, my goal here, you know, a successful meeting today is if I say a couple of words and just smile and nod and listen to everybody else. I don't like, and you know, this is a deal that, you know, in theory, I'm the one running the show. I, I have a lot of the power in this. I, you know, I, I'm going to be once we get to the negotiation table, I'm going to be the one negotiating the deal from, from A to Z. And so it's not like I'm relinquishing control, but in, in, in a lot of scenarios, I'd rather just sit back and let people talk. And, and cause I think you get, I think you can glean a lot more by listening rather than talking. What, what's the saying? You can't be listening, learning, and talking all at the same time or something like that. I mean, and that's right. True. Right. So on that, I think, uh, and we've, I think we talked about the book, Never Split the Difference. If not, everyone who wants to do deals, negotiation, sales, whatever, you should go read it. I think I've done it at least three times, maybe four. I need to go do it again. It's fantastic. One of the things that that book really emphasized, and, and for me that I that I try to think about now is, um, and we had something last week where this kind of came up, and we you know, we had someone who's kind of frustrated on a project we're working on, and and so that I'm not say too much. It might give away who the, the person is, but I was kind of warned going in it might be a, a difficult situation, and so my my mentality was very clear to the people that were in this meeting is we're going to go in and we're going to say your job's hard. We know your job's hard. Your bosses are hard on you. You have a hard. You have hard expectations to be met. You, it's very demanding. Now, the reality is, is we want to solve this person's problem by offering our service, and we believe that our service can solve it. However, walking in the door and saying we could solve your problem by hiring us, well, so what? How does that fix when Tom three floors up comes down and says this to me? Well, I don't know what that is. I don't know what this is. I have no idea. 
we, we sometimes we, we we feel like when we're pitching something that that we're, we're, we're especially people like me and you we're, we're trying to we're trying to fix problems we're trying to bring solutions and we, we we are crafty and we're smart we can do that on the fly but if you don't take the time to understand exactly what the issues are you can miss where things are, are headed. You can leave a lot of meat on a lot of bones. Um, and I hear a lot of people that will tell me, yeah, I went in there and I told the client this, this, and this, and they didn't understand. And, and usually when I hear that, Ben, usually when I hear that, I hear someone who's not willing to at least fake humility <laughs> for a few minutes and ask the client, what's going on? The client has bosses too, or they have investors, or they have someone that they're having to deal with. Everyone in the deal has someone they're reporting to. It could be your husband or your wife or your family trust. It doesn't matter. And if you don't take the 30 seconds, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, to sit there and go, okay, what what, what are your concerns? What are your problems? Um, and be sympathetic to them. You're probably not going to get all the information out as, you, as, as if you walk in and say, we can solve your problem by doing this. I mean, let's be honest. Except for a very, very seldom, a very select few examples there's not a product out there that's actually best in class that has everything beat that's across the board better and also the cheapest. I mean, like, and, and so given that, you know, all the products out there for lack of, you know, for the, you know, for the majority of them, they're the same. And so what makes the sale? The sale is com- comes from the communication and the, the relationship and, and, and what you bring to the table that's outside of the actual product itself. Um, you know, I think it's really valuable. I forget who it was. Someone, uh, you know, uh, on LinkedIn that I'm connected with, I forget who it was offhand a couple of weeks back put, put together a video that i really liked and what he was talking about was the one of the sales guys had been trying to go after this account for for years and years and years so i've been just you know beating the door down on this account because they uh it just so happens that this service that they provide he says that they're like one of the only providers in this in the space um he knew that this client needed this uh needed the service but for some reason just couldn't get it done year after year after year uh, eventually that sales guy go, uh, leaves and new sale guy, sales guy comes in brand new, had been in, in the industry for quite some time, but brand new to this firm, brand new relationship. He sits down in front of the client and an hour and a half later, he comes back to the office having ma- made the sale, got, gotten the, the product um, done. And so the, at the end of the day, what, you know, what had happened was the, uh, the new rep had sat down and listened to what the problems were. And rather than proposing, hey, here's our top suite of services, here's the most expensive thing we own, here's why you need everything we have, he custom made an exact uh, exact product to exactly what they needed, what the what the customer's spec needed, and that was it, because he had the ability to do that, and he got the sale. And so what that tells me is for years, this one sales guy was going after this account, was just, you know, this is the best we have, you need to buy this, you need to buy this, you need to buy this, and never once took, you know, step back and was like, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you need? Tell me, you know, tell me what your needs are. And it seems so basic, but it's, it's something that doesn't happen nearly as much. So I'm curious how you do this. I'll tell you how I do it. And I'm curious how you do it. So if I'm dealing with a complaint or a sale, either one, it doesn't matter. Um, or an obstacle in a deal, it doesn't really matter to me. I have the, I have my internal objective of where I'm trying to get the, the, the thing through and usually that stays the same so if it's a sale obviously i'm trying to sell something or if it's a deal i'm trying to close the deal so obviously the, the goal posts are pretty clear there if it's a problem i might i have a pretty decent idea of what i think the resolution is but i have to be a little bit more flexible because i might find out more information about the problem that would change my perspective on that um but one of the things that i, I really try to focus on is is i know where i'm going and i try to slowly walk from a to z and, you know, this is assuming I have 30 minutes, not, not five, but if I have or an hour, not, not 10. Um, 
and without skipping over steps, without going from here from A to, to R, I, I literally want to go from A to B, but not make it feel that way, right? Not make it feel that way. So sometimes I'll do that where I'll ask a question. You know, Ben, we'll use Ben for a second. Ben talks, talks, talks. Well, Ben already went to C or D, but there's a little bit of meat on B. I need to kind of circle back around, ask a, ask a softball question, kind of a yes or no, um, get Ben you know, everything I want to know about, about the second objective, and then go to C and go to D. But I've tried to refine it where it doesn't feel like I'm actually walking you through a step-by-step process. I try to make it very, very much a natural conversation. Um, and what that – and sometimes I do skip steps. I'm not perfect, but what that does is, um, for me, is that I've been in meetings with salespeople, and a client will throw out a golden goose nugget of information, and they are so nervous, paranoid, caught up, distracted, whatever the right phrase is, that they, they, they just whiff on that because they, they don't know how to get from A to Z, and and you have to do it where it doesn't, again, where it doesn't feel like, hey, Ben, do you want to buy a car? Okay, well, here's the first thing. You know, you have to, it's an art form to kind of to kind of craft that. Um, but how do you walk that, that line where you're going from, you know what the objective is, um, you're trying to walk the client through there without without it make it without making it feel like that, making it feel compassionate, where you're caring, where you are listening and trying to solve problems? It's a great question. Um, I, I will be candid. I, I do think, and I, I, I hope this doesn't sound as bad as it sounds in my head before I even say it, but I, I do think that that's certainly one of my strengths. I, I think that that's something that I do execute on a really high level uh, pretty consistently. Um, it's really just become second nature to me at this point. But I mean, what you said is completely accurate. I mean, where the success comes for me is when I have such a mastery over the product, of, you know, the suite of services, or I have such a mastery over, over whatever the subject matter is, that I'm able to have just a very kind of nonchalant conversation, very off the cuff, because I'm, you know, able to, to draw on the experience and, and, and what have you. And that's not necessarily an industry specific thing. I mean, I'm able to have these conversations across a bunch of different industries that I may or may not have experience in. Um, but, but I think it comes from, like we've talked about on previous podcasts, I think it's having an idea, having a very good sense of what the goal on the phone call is and being able to navigate whatever, you know, whatever is thrown at you in the call to, to get there um, and asking the right questions. I mean, so it, it's an experience thing, but the, you know, being able to ask the softball questions, like you said, so that they don't sound like, okay. So, so if I want to say, you know, I just make up a, new, a bad example. If I want to say how much money did you make last year? I'm not going to say, you know, how much money did you make last year? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to come around it, you know, so um, you know, assuming that the profit margins on that business are this, you know, you, uh, knowing what I know about the market, you know, you probably, you know, and it's kind of reverse engineering things. And so you're, you don't go directly at it. Right. And so, you know, maybe that was kind of, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but I think the, the over, you know, the overall sense is being able to come to the conversation, come to the conversation with a blank slate and not have a, okay, it has to go this way. And after this person says this, I have to ask this question. And after I get this answer, I have to say this and having like a roadmap, but being able to hear what they have to say and respond in kind and take the conversation organically to where you want to go. And, and behind, I agree. The only thing I would add to that is behind all that has to be the awareness that they have choke points, pain points, difficulties that sometimes they will openly express and sometimes they won't. And trying to sympathize and draw that out without trying to, I mean, because if you're trying to solve the problem, you should be legitimately concerned because you want to solve the problem. Um, but but you don't want to sound like a, like a sap, you know. Um, so go ahead. 
I'll, I'll give you a better example because I, I just thought of one. So in my pre, one of my previous jobs, I, I sold uh, Cutco Cutlery for Vector Marketing. If, if anybody is listening that's done that, uh, you're probably familiar. But for those of you that have not, Cutco Cutlery is a really high, um, a really high quality fine line of kitchen cutlery. Uh, it's sold by mostly college students by a company called Vector Marketing that does a lot of the sales. Um, I, I did that job for, for quite some time, got, got very pretty, pretty good at it. Um, my closing ratio in the, in the final few years in that position was hovered right around 94, 90, 95%. And so most of the you know, appointments I was taking, I was making a sale on. Um, and the way that you're, you know, that the training manual is done. So like a brand new rep in training, there's a training manual. And on one of the pages, it has every single knife in one of the sets and there's a features and benefits page and you walk through, okay, so this knife is used for this and it's really good for these things. And you walk through, you know, 12 or 15 of those different knives. Now at a very, as a very beginning rep, you're going to open up the manual or, you know, build from rapport and, and talk to the person like, Hey, you know, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And, and then when you get to the, that page, you're going to walk through and, and you're going to say what the script says. You know, when, when I was years in at the very beginning of the phone call before, you know, before even talking about, before even bringing out anything of my presentation, you know, Hey, Mrs. Smith, how's it going today? Uh, what are some of the things that you like to do in the kitchen? Uh, you know, oh, you, you, you like to cook chicken. How do you usually do that? Do you usually bake it or do you usually, you know, do you usually put it in the grill? Like, how do you usually do that? What, what but, but, do you, hold on, let me, let me cut in. But that's because you listen to people, I've had a guess, over a long period of time, tell you what they do in the kitchen or why they did want knives or why they don't want knives. And you were able to build that into your script. So, so yes and no. I mean, very much so. But, but so what ends up happening is, okay, so that when I get to the features and benefits page and there's all those 12 knives and 15 knives, I already know what knives they want because they told me what they do in the kitchen. I know the knives well enough to know exactly what knives they want. And so I can tailor the rest of my entire presentation on, okay, so not, you know, based on what you told me, I think this set would be perfect. You know, and walk them through because then it's just a consultation of you told me exactly what you do in the kitchen. You told me what you're looking for. Here it is as opposed to, okay, this is just a generic presentation. Here are the 12 knives. Do you want this set? Do you want this one? Do you want this one? I don't really know what you like. I, I, hey, you know, you might be vegetarian. You might cook soup seven days a week. You may never cook in your entire life. You, you may not, not own a knife. I wouldn't know any of those things unless I'm having the conversation and preloading that information. So that's kind of maybe a more specific example of what I'm talking about. No, and I think this maybe we can – tie this all together now so if we go back to the beginning young excited salespeople they come in they've got a lot of information to tell you here's the knives let me read the script bop 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 as you progress if you reverse engineer that process you say you know what instead of me just spilling out information let me learn how to fact find let me learn how to mine information and build that database Whereas when you go into new meetings, you understand the way to answer, ask an open or a closed ended question or how to softball something up and to get them to start talking about the things. Um, in this case, it's chicken and knives. But whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But you, you had to, you, you, you could have, so day one, you could have walked in Cutco Knives. You could have asked those questions, probably wouldn't know the knives well enough to, to, to kind of walk into the process. But it would have been better than going in and just reading reading all the knife scripts because at least you'd have started building that database. Um, and so if you, if you get to a point where you're, 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 you're constantly taking the seven minutes instead of the five, then I think my observation would be is that you're not doing a good enough job of bringing in that information. Our customers, depending on what market I'm dealing with, usually have the same set of questions. And so I've kind of developed a handful of answers for those questions. And I've even learned that they will ask those questions um, in in really weird ways like they'll ask a question that actually 
if you were sitting there, Ben, you wouldn't understand. You would think they're asking something else because they don't actually know how to communicate that to me. It's just it's kind of weird, but it doesn't happen always, but it does happen sometimes. But I've heard it so much, I kind of know, okay, when they're asking this, they're actually wanting me to go over here and answer this question. Um, but it takes a lot of time and energy practice. I ain't saying I got down. I ain't saying I'm, I'm, I'm perfect at it. But it is interesting to hear you use that cut code analogy because that, that's right. You, The more people you talk to, the more you listened, <laughs> the better data you got. And then you started learning to ask, um, you know, Grandma Betty, what do you do in the kitchen? And she probably gets excited, probably gets giddy. Oh, my gosh, I bake pies and I do this. And, well, here you go, building out a, a closing script already. Actually, yeah. I mean, so on an appointment, if I'm talking to a woman and, you know, or, or you know, a couple, whatever, and we're in the kitchen and we're talking about some of the knives and, you know, rather than me, like, talk about what they're doing, if she's, like, grabbing a knife or he's grabbing the knife out of my hand to use it at, like, to cut something on the counter – like, you know, I have a sale, like it's, it's right. a done deal. Right? right. And so if you can get people involved and get people bought in, and so it doesn't really matter what product you're selling. And the reason I kind of backpedaled on what we were talking about before is because I think that when you and I start talking about things, it's a little bit more different because, or it's a little bit different because you and I are generally talking about like more concepts as opposed to like a tangible product. Or we're talking about mm-hmm. facilitating a connection or, you know, or, or networking as opposed to like here, buy this $500 piece of thing. Right. right. But, right. but if you're, but if you're selling a product or if you have a service, if you have something tangible, I think step one, and, and honest with you, Ryan, I don't know if we even said this on the podcast and we're 11 episodes in, if we haven't, that's probably a massive oversight on both of our parts. I think step one in this process is having an absolute frontwards and backwards mastery of whatever you're selling, knowing exactly what it does, why it does it, you know, why it's made the way it is having a backwards and forwards knowledge of what, you know, what it is that you're providing and why you're providing it, because that way, not only can you talk intelligently about what you're providing, but you can also talk about, you know, intelligently about what's going on in the market, what, you know, why you may be better your competitors and you can kind of give a more full picture, but I don't think you can do really any of those things. I think that, I think step one is product mastery. And I think everything else is subsequent because I don't think you can get there without that. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, no, no, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I was. Yeah, I was agreeing. I think. Pro, I think. I think it depends. Um, so I. I obviously yes. Um, I think it, it's going to depend on. Um, you know, for instance, you know, uh, and I didn't do the knife thing, so I'm curious, kind of your feedback on here. When you're selling the knives, I don't know. I don't even know how they measure knife strength or what the right terms is or blade hardness. I don't know any of that. Um, I think there's one thing to know what a blade's hardness is um, and however they measure that versus being able to communicate that the blade will last three years or, or whatever, right? Um, and, and I know that's part of what you're saying, but I just kind of want to want to make sure that we're, we're parsing this out. It's, it's one thing to have the knowledge of what the manual says, but there's also the ability to communicate that clearly. Um, and so it, it, it goes both. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I think those are inextricably linked. I mean, I think that if you're if you're talking about the features and benefits, you you have to be able to talk about you know length of you know life of you know product, right? That's, that's sure. I, I'm not a cut code knife guy, so it's kind of hard for me to. to oh no, I mean, in general, like, I'm right. across anything. I mean, if, if you're yeah. talking about like a, a you know a drill bit tool, you got to be able to say like, hey, this is going to be able to drill you know one well or well, fifty. Here, here's why I'm kind of cautious to to go all in with you, mainly because. One of the things I've noticed through doing the podcast is everyone reads the news differently, and they all read it from a perspective, of, especially oil and gas news, of what how it pertains to them and their business. And so, if you if you hear someone on the news and they are um, talking about you know the price of oil went up you know 
two percent or you know a buck or, or three bucks that's very relevant information for a trader and why it went up but for a guy on the rig it's probably not really relevant um and like mark lacour was saying the other day if you start reading the the 10ks it's kind of breaking down what level you're hitting so um understanding the the, the information is great being able to disseminate that to the proper audience sometimes takes a little bit more effort because you can't give out the same um the exact same fact to every person that you come across because everyone's you know if you're, if you're doing with the, like we talked about with uh, Tim the other day if you're doing with a, with a bank you know how you present that information will be a little bit different than you do with a landowner does that you see what, what I'm trying to get out there uh yeah no absolutely but but I still I mean I still argue I would still argue I think that it, would, it all comes back to it comes back to the product right because you can't I mean, how can you intelligently have a conversation about, you, you know, your target market or your competition or your or your value add or any of those other things unless you have a base knowledge in the product? Okay, so yeah, maybe we're maybe we're talking past each other. Let me we try it like this. Um, I'm holding up a big old bottle of, of smart water here. I can literally, well, I say literally. It doesn't have the it doesn't have the fact. Okay, it has the ingredients on here. I could read off the ingredients to you. I can memorize the ingredients, okay? But that doesn't mean that I could communicate to a three-year-old or a five-year-old why those ingredients are important. Um, and so I, 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 what you're saying is probably very is a very well-rounded understanding. Um, the, the, the pushback maybe I'm giving is, is sometimes it's not just the mere facts. It's the facts and then the presentation of the facts. Um, and so sometimes you see messaging that is very factual, but it's not presented to the right audience in the right way. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, no, to be clear, I wasn't necessarily just talking about like the technical specs of a product. I was talking about how it fits into the overall picture and all those other things. So like going back to the knife example, okay, so it's it's made out of this kind of steel and the handle is made out of this. But at the end of the day, like the client doesn't really care about those. Like that's, it's important that they're made, it's made well, but that like, it doesn't matter whether it's made out of this daily steel or this daily steel. But the key being, if I can tie that back into, okay, well, it's made from this, um, Kind of stainless steel because it lasts a lot longer and it's also made out of that because lots uh, it's a lot str uh, stronger and can be sharpened more easily or like what have you right and, and so but if you go to an engineer's house he may actually want the the, the technical specs of it whereas grandma betty just wants to know it's going to cut a, a million potatoes for right it's the same information it's just packaged differently and so that's no that's exactly why i say it's important to have the product mastery because to the engineer you can say you know it's, it's 440a grade high uh, high grade stainless steel to the to the you know the gardener Betty, you can say this is going to cut your rose bushes for the next thirty years, and you won't have to worry about it. And, right. and so you can talk, but, but but you wouldn't be able to have those conversations to those two people unless you had a core basic knowledge of the product. That's that's what I'm talking. About. Yeah, and I think so. We're probably saying the same thing. We're probably saying it differently. And I, I'm saying don't 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 know all the technical specs and not be able to communicate how that actually works to someone who's not technical. Because you could say, well, I've mastered the product. I know all the technical. Well, right, but for a guy like me, I don't know. I don't care about the technical specs. Right. To so. be, to be clear what i was saying was both you're but you're absolutely right i i mean like in other words when i'm saying product mastery i'm yeah. talking about both technical and application in the real world right. those are I, together i knew you meant that i was clarifying to make sure that the, that was clear for everyone else because you're a master you're a jedi you are a wizard you have never not closed a deal i'm surprised there's only 94 percent close rate i didn't know you haven't closed a deal that you tried you make 100 percent of the shots you take i mean 
I, I didn't know. Like this is dun, 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 breaking news. Ben Samuels did not close a deal sometime, somewhere, somehow. I don't know how. It was impressive. Like we learned. That's what we learned today. That you, that you messed the deal somewhere, allegedly. I'm, I think you're being humble, and you're acting like you only closed ninety four to ninety five percent. I'm acting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that because I've never. I don't want to lie here now. Wait, have I seen you actually close a deal? Let me hold on. Let me backtrack. Now that I think about it, let me. Ouch. Oh, oh too, too soon. soon. Too, too soon. soon. <laughs> I, I, clo- I closed one, but you were in that one, so I don't know if I get credit for that one. That would be the one you close, the one I'm not in. I mean, I mean yeah, it's by design. <laughs> From, if, 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 you'd get, if you'd get Nate to schedule their guests on the right days, that probably wouldn't happen again. Wow. Why is this my fault? Why is this my fault? I don't know. Who, who's, the, who's the name on the bottom left-hand corner of his paychecks? Sorry, bottom right-hand corner of his paychecks. He's getting paid? Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That changes everything here. That changes everything. Oh, man. Well, now let's kind of recap a few things. So first off, time, valuing time. There's several ways to look at it. One, don't take too much of someone's time, if you ask, especially if you ask for a certain amount of time. And most calls today are set via conference call or the early pitch of, hey, do you have five minutes? Two, even when you are asking of time, be sure that you don't need to be listening more than talking. Um, because a lot of times, again, it's you always, you should time. always be listening more than talking. I've been trying to tell you that for like six months, man, and you just keep top, 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 top. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so you listen. Yeah, don't say that. Don't, no, listen. Just listen. See, there you go. You're talking again. I don't make your mind up. Do you want to talk or you want to, No, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm going to sit here. This would be great podcast, and I'm listening now. All right. In that case, I've got a request. <laughs> so for next for next episode going forward, can we have little, like, timers, like timer counters in the corner of when we talk and, like, have just a running count? Because uh, if I'm the one talking a line share at a time, like, you and I have a problem because uh, I, think that, I think that we might disagree a little bit on that. I think a little bit. A little bit. No. Are you saying that you want to see who talks the most? But we got to we got, we have to we have to cut out the intro because that's that's my deal and the outro, and um, the banter, the witty banter because you can't banter. So I've got to, I've got to carry us there. Um, valuable content, I guess you do say something every few episodes. When you contribute value content, we'll we'll count that versus yeah. I mean, God, I do dominate in that case. Can right? we can we do, can we do this Chick Fil A thing tomorrow? Can we just get this out of the way? Can, can we just can we just can we do it, please? Okay. I, I feel like you need to be put in your place. I, don't know, I feel like I feel like feel like you might need a little a little I don't know a little correction here. I don't know. Okay, let's value people's time and let's wrap it up by this. A couple things. One, when you ask for time. Be sure that you keep to that time, too. When you ask for time, also make sure that you're not talking the whole time. If it's possible, learn stuff, ask stuff, get information. Three, as you progress in your career, remember how much you wanted someone else's time. And so don't start canceling, rescheduling. Listen, life happens. It's not perfect. But, but you know, um, you know, try not to be that person um, who is constantly rescheduling, especially on a first date, first visit, first meeting type, type situation. Um, final thing is... When you're valuing someone's time, 
the best thing you can do is have a product mastery, understanding of what it is that you're talking about, being able to answer all the questions you possibly can, um, and communicate in, 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 in the level of detail that they need it to be communicated. You're, all those things are time, are time management and time valuations of your time and everyone else's. And I think they're um, stuff that we, if we're not careful, we can all overlook. Well said, sir. Well said. Appreciate the time. I appreciate your time. No, I appreciate your time. It's valuable. It's valuable. So, listeners, we won't bore you with any more of Ben's whining about not getting enough time on the podcast. I will be back next week. Ben will be back. We should have two guests next week, but Nate's in charge, so who knows? And uh, with that being said, we'll talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. (sighs) Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. (sighs) Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection.